Hi, and welcome to Bariatric Care, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. This is episode 82, part two of the book review, The Most Powerful Weight Loss Device Ever Made, The Human Brain, by Claude Vines. Like most people I talk to who are preparing for bariatric surgery, Claude Vines, after many times of gaining and losing the same pounds, realized he knew what he was supposed to do to lose weight and to keep it off. I'm going to start over. Hi, and welcome to Barry Aftercare, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. This is episode 82, part two of the book review, The Most Powerful Weight Loss Device Ever Made, The Human Brain by Claude Vines. Like most people I talk to who are preparing for bariatric surgery, Claude Vines, after many times of gaining and losing the same pounds, realized he knew what he was supposed to do to lose weight and to keep it off. The problem he faced was taking the action and continuing to take those actions over time. He eventually came to terms with the fact that there is no easy fix. Keeping weight off is an everyday commitment of changing your thinking and your behavior. Claude asked himself a lot of questions about why he wanted to lose weight. And the bottom line he said was, and I quote, I wanted to put an end to all of the physical and psychological aches and pains that come with being overweight, end quote. Claude was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So he made a decision to think of himself as the person he wanted to become rather than the man who failed to keep weight off. He focused on making small changes so he could have wins every day that would become healthy habits. When he messed up, he moved on. He concluded by saying, when you're determined enough, you'll find a way. If you're not committed, that's when you start making excuses. His unconclusion, as he called it, was this. I used my brain to find and learn the information I needed to make the best moves. I learned how to control my thoughts and my emotions. I learned how to handle stress and how to cope with interfering events in my life. I taught myself to be persistent and patient. I used my body to get into motion. None of these actions were hard to do or very time consuming, but being consistent in doing them got me into a routine that I still maintain today. He did it. Many others have as well, and you can too. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Barry Aftercare. I hope that you are watching the video and that you're a member of the Barry Aftercare program. Or if you're listening to the podcast, I am absolutely grateful. And I would encourage you to let other people who, excuse me, who have had weight loss surgery or planning to have weight loss surgery know about the podcast as well. In fact, people don't need to be having weight loss surgery to benefit from the information in Barry Aftercare and the podcast. Anybody who struggled to lose weight in whatever way knows the difficult journey that this can be at times. So invite anybody you know or think would benefit from this information to listen. And I want to let you know that I do have COVID, 
How about that? I honestly thought I was not going to get it. So if I found a, if I sound a little bit uh, nasal or plugged up today, or if I cough a little bit, that is why. However, let me tell you how grateful I am that I got COVID now. This is an awful disease that took so many lives of people we know and love. And so the fact that it's a watered down variant and yes, I was vaxxed and boosted. And that is why I think I have very few symptoms, but so that's where I'm at today. But I wanted to also say that last week when I started talking about the book that uh, I'm reviewing and I'll finish reviewing it today, because honestly, it turns out it's quite a good little book. Um, and I hope maybe you'll pick it up and read it for yourself. There's a really good down to earth things that anybody who's struggled with weight loss can relate to in this book. The guy didn't have weight loss surgery, but he struggled with weight for years and years and years until he figured out for himself how to get that weight off and keep it off. And he's sharing his wisdom in this book. <clears throat> but last week when I did, when I was doing the podcast and the video, I was so sleepy toward the end. And I think I said something about, wow, I just feel so sleepy and I don't know why. Well, I remember why now because I had taken a Benadryl. I have this crazy, crazy itch on my arm and there's nothing, no bug bites, no nothing. And I, it's been there for about a week. And from itching so much. That's another story. But the reason I brought it up is because if I sounded like I was falling asleep, it was because I had taken a Benadryl shortly before I decided to do the video. Well, that was a mistake. Anyway, so I'm coming at you today with a little bit of COVID. And then just because I share too much anyway about my personal life, I break a freaking tooth in the back of my mouth like two days after I did this positive COVID test. So I break a tooth, can't go to the dentist with COVID. And so it is sharp and it is cutting the crap out of my tongue back there. So I'm a little bit of a mess, but hey, we got stuff to do, right? We got, we got problems to solve and tips to learn and journey must go on. And I will say, I'm grateful for this journey of life and I'm grateful to learn and share with you what I learn along my journey. So today I'm going to continue with the book that we've been talking about, The Most Powerful Weight Loss Device Ever Made, The Human Brain. And it is written by Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, Claude, Vines or Veins, V-I-E-N-S. So there you go. All right, so we're going to pick up where we left off, and I'm just going to give you some of the highlights from this from this book because I really think you'll understand. So he he was talking about he just has little short chapters, and this one's called Overnight. He says the one question that changed my whole way of thinking was this: If I got my hands on a miracle product that could make me thin overnight, what would happen? Would that change me as a person, he says? Would I be more active and athletic? Would I consider changing my eating habits to go along with my new lean body? Or 
Would I see it as an opportunity to be lazy and eat all I want without suffering the consequences? He said the answers to these questions really shook him up because what he discovered was all he wanted was to be able to avoid effort and eat more of the foods he loved. Now, isn't that interesting? And I think in our heart of hearts, if all of us could say, if I could wake up and magically have this body that I wanted, whatever that is in your mind, would I make the changes that are usually required to get a body like we imagine we want in our mind? And I think for most of us, we'd say, you know, you know what I really want? I want that body, but I want to be able to not put forth the effort to get it and to continue eating all the things I wanted. He said, all I really wanted was to be free to indulge in forbidden foods full time. Mm. He said, then I got to thinking that what I needed to do was change my thinking because he said, that's not realistic, right? We have to be realistic in this real life that we're living. Of course, if you let your imagination run wild, you can think, well, those people, you know, they don't have to do anything and they look like that. And the reality is that's not true for most people. You know what a bell curve is? Well, I really hated statistics and I had to take quite a bit of statistics in my PhD program. Well, there's a bell curve and the majority of people fall between the majority of that bell curve. Most people, their bodies look like the effort they put into them, right? Most people really have to work for those bodies we imagine we all want in our mind. Now, there are people on either end of the bell curve. There are some people who literally can eat whatever they want and they don't gain a pound. Is that fair? Absolutely not. Now, on the other end, and you and I have met them, there are people who no matter how rigidly they follow a healthy diet and how regularly they exercise, it's nearly impossible for them to lose weight. That is not fair either. But most of us fall somewhere in the middle where, you know, we may tend to gain weight easier than other people or some people can eat more than other people and not put on as much weight. But the reality is most of us have to work at having health in our bodies, right? That's just the truth. And we tend to not think that if we're really struggling with our weight. But the reality is most people do have to work to have a healthy weight. So the guy says, the author of the book says, I had to start thinking straight, which meant finding out what I really wanted. Because he's like, yeah, fancifully, you know, in my imagination, I just didn't want to have to work, work at it. I just wanted to be able to eat whatever I wanted, not put forth any effort and have the body I wanted. And wouldn't that be lovely for all of us? That isn't reality. So when we wake up, snap ourselves out of that kind of thinking, we go, what is it I really want? Then he says, when I came up with something, I asked myself, why? 
So he uses the example of saying, I want a car. I want a new car. Why do I want a new car? He said, because people would be impressed. I'd feel proud of that. He said, then what? Then I asked myself, why do I want to impress myself and look prosperous? He said he found out that really, really in his heart of hearts, he wanted to impress himself. He said he didn't really even want a new car. What he wanted was to be proud of himself and his accomplishments. And we had a discussion in our group therapy last night, and this was really interesting because the ladies were talking about how frustrated and angry they get when they've lost a lot of weight and people say, oh my gosh, you look so great. Oh my gosh, you know, make all the fuss. And they said it, uh, it upsets them. And I can understand why, because in their mind, you're thinking, didn't I look good? Wasn't I acceptable? Wasn't I okay before? So then we got talking about why do you really want to lose weight? You know, and at the beginning of the process, when I do the evaluations, people tell me they want improved health. They want to be able to do things. It's not so much about wanting to be thin and dress cute and all that, although that plays a part for a lot of people, and they're honest about that. But when they do lose the weight and they are healthier and taking many more medic taking many fewer medications, and they are able to do a lot of the things they want to do, they're still not satisfied. A lot of people then get really hung up on the number on the scale. And that can be a problem for a lot of people. So I really encouraged people to ask themselves, first of all, what makes you mad when people say things to you, when they think they're giving them a compliment? But we do the same thing within the bariatric community. What are we making a fuss over about this weight loss, whether it's ourselves or our friends or the people in our group? And they made a good point that when it's coming from somebody who knows the struggle, it's a much more heartfelt response. But it's like, what is your real reason? Why do you want to do this? So the author of the book says there's a real difference between dreams and goals. You know, dreams are what we allow ourselves to want. I want the body and I want the cake too. I want, I want the cake and I want to eat it too, whether it's attainable or not. And you can have impossible dreams, right? It's like, oh, I want to win the lottery and I want to have this and I want to have this and I want to have this. We don't have to get stressed out about that though. But with a goal, then we're expected to achieve it. We're expected to do the work it takes to get there. And that can cause a lot of stress, right? So the goals have to be within our capabilities and you have to deal with the reality. You have to deal with the reality and stay in the moment rather than getting lost way out there somewhere where that dream lies, right? So he said the goals that are not quite attainable right now, but would be if we made certain changes in our lives. Those are the dreams you want to have. So you can incorporate your dreams and your goals. And I like this. He's like, my dream is to be there. But for today, this is what's possible. But if I learn some things, if I learn some new ways of thinking, if I learn some techniques to deal with emotional hunger, if I start practicing some of this, getting some help from other people, then I can dare to dream about getting further than I would imagine. But we got to start in the present. All right. 
So then he talks about the importance of learning, learning new skills, learning. And I talk about this all the time. I encourage you to read podcasts and listen to podcasts, read books, pay attention to uh, your bariatric support people when they have their meetings, get online, look up things about learning healthy coping skills. So he says, so I gather all this information, then why do I still have a weight problem? Well, he says, I know what to do because you know what to do. You know how to lose weight. You've been down this road before. He says, almost everybody who's struggled with weight knows what's making them heavy. They know what kind of metabolic issues they have. They know what kind of wrong foods they eat. They know if they exercise or if they don't. So that's not the problem. Most people, and you've told me this yourselves, a lot of you, I know what to do. What I struggle is taking the action or continuing to take the action, not going back to the old habits. And so the author says, I was determined to find out what keeps us from executing what we know we should do. And so he goes through this whole story um, about the importance of learning. It's a very good motivator, but it's not really enough. You know, then he wanted this phone. And if he, he made these goals with himself, he lo- if he lose this much weight, he could get this phone. And if he lose that much weight, he could get something more expensive. And he got the things that he wanted. He said, you know, but then one day I got tired and depressed and I don't remember the details. He said, but I felt like I had to let some steam off. And I ate a cookie and then I ate three cookies and then I ate 10 cookies. He said, even knowing, and you've done this, knowing that I was going to feel lousy afterwards, I got the immediate relief. So you've done this. You've gone, followed through, lost weight, got the prize, got the money at work because you lost the most in the weight loss contest at work or whatever it was. And his conclusion, and a lot of people have said this to me too, I didn't really want to lose the weight. I wanted the Volvo or whatever the prize was. I wanted the prize money at work. or I wanted to have my name as the winner of the weight loss contest. I say I want to lose the weight, but what I really wanted was the prize. So he said, it took him years Years of searching before he finally started to understand the mystery behind his behavior and about controlling his behavior. He said, the first thing I realized is that any quick action to get instant results is guaranteed to fail. So we want to lose weight. We want to lose it tomorrow, right? But if we're only going to temporarily change the behavior to win the prize money, it's not going to last. So you're forcing yourself out of your normal way of life. But anything that requires drastic change isn't going to sustain over the long haul because people get focused on the end result. I want to lose the most weight so I can win the prize. I want to lose weight so I can fit into the dress. I want to lose weight. Short-term results. We've talked about this a long time ago. Short-term results. If you want long-term results... You've got to do things differently. You've got to create 
permanent change. And permanent change is going to take a long time. And it's going to require that you change your thinking. He says, we focus on the end result. We're not creating durable change, but we're fixed on a temporary state that will sometimes allow us to reach our goal, but we're not changing our way of thinking. Ta-da! So he says, I got to change the way I think about this. It's not to get a prize. You got to focus on changing your behavior for good and the end result will follow automatically and will be permanent. So he talks about like a lot of people have said, I tried and failed so many times that I had good reason to believe that I would never make it. But he did. He did. He lost that weight and has kept it off. He said, so what happened? What changed? What did I do differently? First of all, I knew it was all in my brain. When you make the decision to lose weight, he says, ask yourself why. It's a very simple question that can change your way of thinking and therefore your life forever. Why do I want to go through all this trouble? Why do I need to change so badly? And like most of you, and like what I hear from people is, you know, I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to get off the meds, blah, blah, blah. I said, but you've got to go deeper than that. It's like, eh, that's fine and dandy, but you really got to dig. And this is true for so many people I work, work with in pre-surgical evaluations. He said, the real answer for him and I think for a lot of you, is I want to stop the pain. I wanted to stop the pain, he said, of being unable to follow other people when doing activities. He couldn't participate. I wanted to stop the pain of not having enough energy to play with the kids. I wanted to stop the pain of being ashamed to wear a bathing suit. I wanted to stop the pain of always feeling the need to hide and stuff my face with fat, sweet foods and having to do it fast enough not to get caught because people do not understand how an overweight person can eat so much. Most of all, does this fit for you? He says, I wanted to put an end to all of the mysterious physical and psychological aches and pains that come with being overweight. In other words, he was sick and tired of being sick and tired in relation to his weight. And I believe so many of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you have to hold on to that. You have to keep that memory of how difficult it is to go to a wedding and be, you know, worried that the chair is going to break or to go on an airplane and to think about the way people are going to look at you coming down the aisle. You have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired of all of it. He says, and I think this is true too, the pain of all of these things is what drives us to overeat in the first place. It's a vicious cycle. Eating allows us to get instant relief from the pain, but it's temporary. So we feel the need to eat more, to get more relief, and so on. 
His question to the readers is, do you really understand why you are acting and feeling the way you do? He said, it all happens in your brain. And you can use the pain, the force from the pain, he says, as a propeller to push you into taking action. But sometimes when people lose the weight, they are no longer in that amount of pain. And so they give up. And that's why I say, hang on to the memory of that pain so that it's always close enough to remind you of why you're putting forth the effort. And then he says, this is interesting too. He said, if I made you an offer to lose 50 pounds and buy you a car, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'll lose 50 pounds. You'd buy me a car and you'd probably go, go, go. Be really excited about it. But then, you know, as you got closer and closer to that 50 pound mark, it's harder and harder to get the weight off. And you're like, oh, this is really taking a lot of effort. You know what? I don't want the car. It's not worth the effort. He says, however, what would you do if I said, I'm going to take your kids away. You lose that 50 pounds and you'll never see them again. People would lose their 50 pounds, right? In record time. Even though kids drive us nuts. And we always say we want to break from them. We don't want to be away from our children. And we would do whatever we needed to do. He says, this shows you that we're capable of doing pretty much anything we want. If we have a strong enough reason to do it. He says, it's all a matter of how we manage our priorities and escaping unbearable pain is a real high priority. And I love that. So think about the pain and suffering you have experienced in the times, you know, of your heaviest weight. You've got to think about the pain, use the motivation to get away from that pain, to help you get beyond it. So he says, ask yourself however many questions you need to ask and imagine the person you want to become. Now, if you've listened to some of the earlier podcasts that I've done, you've heard me talk about um, The Atomic Habit by James Clear and how he talks about our behavior is going to reflect our identity. And so in this book, the author goes on to talk about how we have to decide who we want to become. We have to be able to picture the person we want to be and what it takes to become that person as clearly in our mind as we can. And we have to see ourselves as that person. What he's saying and what James Clear are saying is very similar because they're saying you have to have an identity as a healthy person committed to doing the work in order for you to follow through with it. So I love that, having a clear vision of who you want to be. And then he says, how long do you want to be that person? You have to know how long you want to be that person. Do you want to be that person long enough to get through the wedding or make it to the class reunion and look good or, you know, whatever it is? Or do you want to be that person for the rest of your life? And you need to maintain that image, right? If the answer is, I want to be that person forever, then any of the changes you make to your thinking patterns and your behavior 
have to be permanent, not temporary, not till you make it to the short-term goal. You got to get to where your self-esteem and your self-image is that of that healthy person who's willing to do the work. Here's another thing we talked about in group last night. He talks about deep down, he still sees himself as being fat. So when you have weight loss surgery and you lose a lot of weight in a short period of time, your brain has a hard time catching up with the picture in the mirror. He said, it's like if you have a garbage can under the sink for 20 years and one day you decide to put the garbage can somewhere else, like maybe in a cupboard door next to the fridge. He says he used this example because he's actually done that and it took him almost a year before he got rid of the habit of opening the door under the sink to throw something away because it's been there for so long. You've so long thought of yourself as this heavier weight person when you lose the weight, your brain doesn't catch up to that. He said if he has to describe himself without thinking about it, he'll often refer to himself as an overweight person, even though he no longer is. He said the self-image is carved very deeply in your subconscious mind. It's ready to pop up at any time. You've got to change that self-image permanently, he said. But this takes a lot of time and effort. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it? He said, I keep coming back to the try again method. So visualizing yourself as a thin and energetic person is one thing. But convincing your subconscious mind, his words are, is one hell of a challenge. So you've got to be aware that there are false images roaming around in your head. And somewhere in the back of your mind, the old image of yourself as your bigger self, even though you've lost a lot of weight after surgery, is there waiting to pop out because it's been there for so long. You can correct this, which we've talked about, just like you correct negative self-talk by making a choice to replace the image or the thought with a more positive one. But that's why he says it takes a lot of time. He says this process takes time and multiple repetitions. You got to stay patient. You got to stay determined. He said, if you like to practice, it's like if you practice playing the piano, even without talent, if you practice often enough, eventually you'll be able to play a song. Now, I think that is really wise. If you want to change your self-talk, if you want to change your self-image, then when you catch yourself, seeing yourself as an unhealthy version of you or saying unhealthy things about yourself, then you change it every time. Takes time, takes effort, takes perseverance. Then he goes on to say, you're not just trying to lose weight. You're becoming a whole new person. Some people don't like that. They're like, I'm not changed. I haven't changed. In some ways you do, in some ways you don't, right? Losing weight, he says, and I posted this on Facebook last night. Losing weight is merely a consequence of the changes you will make in your way of thinking and behaving. It's true. If you change the way you think and you change the way you behave and you follow through with your thinking and your behavior, your body's going to change in a healthy way. But it's about your way of thinking I will do this. I can do this. It's going to happen. I am capable. I am worthy. Blah, blah, blah. I choose health. I choose health. I choose to put food in my body that nourishes me. Whatever kinds of things that you need to say to yourself. He says to 
Forget your fighting a battle against bad habits that have been reinforced for a long, long time. He said, focus on the ones that you're working toward, which takes a lot of time and repetition. Here's a great analogy. He says, if you lay a brick down on the ground, one time you lay a brick down, boom, it's not going to keep you from walking in the mud. But if you lay down a brick every day, someday you never have to walk in the mud again because all the bricks will be laid down. Love, love, love that. And James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, also talks about this. You have to focus on the process one day at a time, one food decision at a time, one exercise choice at a time. And if you do it just for today, pretty soon it'll be months into it and you'll be living a different way of life. He says the only way, and you've heard this a thousand times, maybe you're ready to hear it today and maybe it'll stick. Because we hear it and we hear it and we hear it, but we don't want to believe it. We don't want to make it a part of our lives. The only way you can override your old habits is by making little changes one at a time. It's the only way. Change what's happening right now. Listen to what he says. Relax and enjoy life. As long as you're doing something today, something every day to improve your situation, you're on the right track. Don't wait until you've reached your goal to enjoy life. Do it right now and throughout the process. You hear that, you hear that, you hear that, but so many people struggle to do it. Enjoy what you're doing today. Focus on the process. If you do what you're supposed to do every day, the outcome will be what you want. But if you focus on the outcome, you're wasting all of this time. And then he talks about what a lot of people talk about and struggle with is when you have a fallback and then you're over it, right? Oh, well, I'll start again next month. If you have a fallback, have no regrets. What's done is done. It's over. Needs to be released from your attention. My kids are playing ball. We're at ball games all the weekends at the ball games, at the ball games. And all the coaches and all the parents are like, that ball has been pitched. On to the next one. That play's been played. On to this one. Focus on the play at hand. If you're a ball player and you're out on the court and you're thinking about three pitches ago, if you're uh, in a soccer team and you're thinking about how you kicked it out of bounds and that was 10 minutes ago, you've really not got your head in the game. You've got to have your head in this game all day long, right? Forget about what happened earlier today. Move ahead now, right? How many times will it take? Doesn't matter. Today, start over until you make it. And he too says what we've been talking about. Don't go after the end result. Go after your new way of thinking. I can do this. I will do this. As long as it takes. As We want instant results. That is not reality, my friends. You want a new way of living. You want a new way of thinking. And that will help you become the person that you want to be. All right. And then he talks about habits. And I love this definition. It's like you want to make a major change in your life. You got to change your routine. You got to change your thinking. He said, you got to get motivated. And I love his definition of motivation. Giving ourselves a damn good reason to do something we don't want to do. So I got to give myself a damn good reason to get out there and exercise because I don't want to do that. 
I've got to give myself a damn good reason to stay away from the drive-thru. I've got to give myself a damn good reason to have only one cookie and not seven. So I love that definition. So you can't make it all go away. You just, no matter how badly you want this thing to happen and you want it to happen now, life is going to get in your way. And then he goes into talking about how life happens and sometimes you fall backward, get back up, think about what your motivation is and keep on moving, keep on moving. He says these old habits can't be erased from your subconscious memory, but they can be altered. Again, he uses my favorite word. This is where effort from your conscious mind is required. You have to give considerable amount of concentration and time to making these changes. You have to do it repeatedly over and over again until the subconscious mind finally picks up on it and it's your new routine, right? You've got to go from one way to another. And the only way to do that is to make a new well-worn path. I talk about that as cow path. All right. Reprogramming takes patience and perseverance. Consistency is the key. Setbacks are necessary. Keep moving forward anyway. He says, do you absolutely want to lose weight fast? That's a very bad idea. People want to look good and they focus on that alone. That's not your ultimate goal. Feeling good and being in control is a lot more rewarding. So, you, you know, you want to be happy, but you have to take the steps <clears throat> that result in that. All right. So we're getting close to the end. He says, when you're determined enough, you'll find a way. If you're not committed, that's when you start making excuses. So when people regain and we talk one-on-one -on -one about the regain, well, what, well, life happened. Well, no, what you did was you quit doing what you were doing before. That is the bottom line, my friends. That is the bottom line. Now, I understand there are some biological things that sometimes work against people. But what I'm talking about are the things that you can make a decision about. Those being the things you put in your mind, the way you think, the way you talk to yourself about yourself, the choices you make about food and the choices you make about exercise. And I agree with him. When you are determined enough, you'll find a way. If you're not committed, then you'll again start making excuses. <clears throat> so he started talking about all this stuff. And then he came to a part in the book where I'm like, hello, people. I often tell people, use Google, use your search engine, use your iPhone to get ideas, to learn things that maybe you haven't tried before because you only know what you know. And if what you know isn't working for you, maybe you need to learn some other things. And I also refer to staying immersed. You have to have this stuff on your mind all the time. You have to listen to so much stuff that it starts helping you change your way of living, change your way of thinking. That's listening to podcasts daily, not just about weight and weight loss, but about attitude, about motivation, about commitment, about determination, about following through, about procrastination, about communication, about boundaries, all the things that are necessary to make these changes. He said, wow, he opened up his iPhone and started fooling around. He said, I got the idea that if I could listen to some information, 
about any steps I could take to make my life better. And I'm not wasting time. He was traveling a lot with his job and he was in airports and he had a lot of extra time. So he started doing that. He said, when I got to my hotel, I started downloading audiobooks and podcasts about self-improvement, finances, health, anything that would take me to a higher level of personal education. Anything I wanted to know more about, I could find and listen to most of the time, even for free. He said he'd turned a painful experience about being on the road without his family into something he looked forward to. He said, I couldn't, be wait. I couldn't wait to get crammed up in that plane and start listening to what he'd found that week. My daughter has a really good friend. She and her husband are in their 30s, and they are both morbidly obese. And it frightens me because they have three kids. And the dad is now working out of town all week and comes home on the weekends. And he's done weight loss things before. And, you know, I said to my daughter, you know, maybe, you know, cause they have the real kind of relationship they could talk. I said, encourage him to use that time away to go to the gym every night at the hotel or to start learning to find healthy ways to eat out or educating himself about all this stuff. Because I thought, wow, you know, what a great excuse to not lose weight, but an even greater opportunity to take charge of that. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> okay. Now I loved this too. He goes on, he's talking about, you know, healthy foods and unhealthy foods and the joy you get from cookies versus a tomato and blah, blah, blah. He said, I asked the magical question, how long will the joyful benefits of eating the cookie last? Answer, that would last about 10 seconds. He said, case closed, no cookie. Because if that's the joy you're going to get from the cookie, 10 seconds, and then you go into the whole three-hour misery about why did you do that and blah, blah, blah. He says, okay, 15 seconds later, the cookie yells out to you, hello, I'm still here. You haven't eaten me yet. His answer, I know if I had eaten you 15 seconds ago, the joy would be gone, but you would still be in there doing damage and probably would have your foot in the door calling in all your friends to join you. And then he'd really be in a world of hurt, right? He said, it doesn't matter whether you succeed Every time if you talk to the food or what, you know, and I tell people talk to the food all the time. He said, give it a shot. Just keep giving it a shot. He said, every effort you make is being recorded in your mind. And then someday your subconscious will go, yeah, that might just work in this instance, right? He said, someday it won't be so hard to push that cookie away. He said, maybe you'll consider the tomato as nutrition to be consumed as required and the cookie well as nothing worth considering it's about how you think right do i want to nourish my body or do i want 10 seconds of pleasure that will result in how long of self berating yeah so um see how much is left of this. Okay. Not very much. I'm going to go ahead and go and finish. He's talking about, um, insults. 
he was talking about seeing a lady. Um, he was watching a show and there was a lady who was well over a hundred pounds and she didn't do what she was supposed to do. And the hosts were really berating her. And he said, I thought about that for a lot of time, really feeling bad about that lady and wondering how he could have handled that situation. He said, how, if he were the host, how could he have helped the lady out? He said, the first thing that came to my mind was that she didn't need a diet, at least not at this time. She needed to understand. She needed to understand that if her weight was ever going to change, she was going to have to develop a different lifestyle. And my gosh, friends, think about it. How many fad diets have you done? How many times have you lost weight and gained it back? How many times do you think, wow, if I continued my behavior? I don't care if it's weight loss surgery, every fad diet on the planet, every, every person who wants to maintain weight, a healthy weight, has to develop a healthy lifestyle. There's no magic answer. He said, I'd help her understand she needed a different lifestyle and a different way of thinking. She would have to reevaluate, he said, what things mean to her and have a different vision of her life altogether. She was going to have to redesign her life. The problem wasn't she was eating too many almonds or putting butter on her popcorn. The problem was that she wanted to eat a lot of almonds and put butter on her popcorn because that's how she generated a feeling of well-being, even if it was short-lasting. That's how she found a sense of joy or how she had been doing it for however long. The gratitude she got from eating, she interpreted as tasty, became the number one source of happiness in her thinking pattern. He says there are millions of experts out there ready to put together a diet or exercise program that fits your body and schedule, and you can rest assured they all work. The problem is that our motivation fades away really fast. When we realize we need to continually fight our natural instinct to generate happiness by eating forbidden foods or just being lazy, because that's how we've always done it. If we're going to change our way of thinking, we have to accept it's a long process. It requires every that we question everything we've been doing and everything we've believed in. And that sucks. But that is a reality. It's like you think about going back to school and you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'd like to get an advanced degree. Studying, reading, nights at the library. Nights spent studying when other people are out having fun. That doesn't sound fun. But if that's what I want, that's what it takes. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You have to decide, am I going to remain the way I am and continue the way I've done things? Or I'm going to accept, another word I love, accept that if I want it to be different, I have to think differently and do differently. <sighs> okay. And sometimes things will get rough and you'll backslide. That's okay. He said, if we've been working on making little changes for a long, long, long time, even in rough spot, those little changes 
will stick with us. And he said, the more little changes we continue to repeat on a daily basis, the more they'll have become a way of life. And here's his words, less ravage will be done after we've popped out of our perfect trance. So when things are going along great and you're doing well with your food and your whatever, and then it seems like, God, what happened? I fell off. Doesn't matter. Get back on and remember that you haven't thrown it all away because you have learned some things along the way. And the more you've done it, the more it will stick with you. He says, is there a way to get the rewards of being lean and fit without giving up on the pleasures of eating all we want? I suppose not. Just asking. These are his words, not mine. I don't like the use of the word fat, but he says, we fat people do this sometimes. We hope that there might be a miracle solution to our dilemma. Yep. I do include myself among these people, although I have already lost most of the weight in the same manner that I still step outside and accompany smokers, even though I gave up smoking many years ago. I taught myself to think differently, but in this case, I'm still the same person. Fat, sweet, and salty foods still taste just as good to me as they did when I was fat. I just don't give them much attention anymore. I like that, right? Just don't give them as much attention. In the end, the solution, these are his words, and I can't stress this enough, is little changes. This method will work every time. It takes patience, but it is permanent and so rewarding. You can give up on one single tiny fat food and keep doing it until it becomes a habit and it's totally off your mind. You can do this without torture and without giving up on what you consider as being the pleasures of life at this time. Believe me, your interpretation of pleasure will slowly but surely be altered. And by the time you've mastered this technique, every fat, sweet, and salty food you have ever craved will no longer have any meaning to you. So here's his, what he calls his unconclusion. I used my brain to learn the information I needed to make the best moves. I learned how to control my thoughts, change your thoughts, which change your emotions. I learned how to handle stress. Got to learn coping skills to handle stress because it leads to eating for a lot of people and how to cope with interfering events in my life because life's going to happen. I taught myself to be persistent and patient. I used my body to get into motion and start a very simple exercise routine that took five minutes a day in the beginning. None of these things were hard to do or very time consuming, but being consistent in doing them got me into a pattern that grew into a decent exercise routine that I still maintain today. So that is the summary of the book, The Most Powerful Weight Loss Device Ever Made, The Human Brain by Claude V-I-E-N-S. So I hope you liked some of the insights that he shares in there. I thought they were really practical. And as I read this, I thought about the people that I work with and how often I hear many of the same kinds of sentiments and the same kind of thoughts. So it wouldn't be a bad investment to get this book and read through it. Um, I have fun news. I am coming out with a daily 
binder or daily journal of sorts that will have the God of Dooms, not just the behavioral God of Dooms, but the emotional God of Dooms. It will have the four aces, awareness, acceptance, attitude, uh, action, effort, commitment, all of that in there, as well as a place for you to learn to identify your feelings every day, say something you're grateful for, and how you're going to plan tomorrow to fix any kind of goof up you had today. So look for that. It'll be available soon. The reason I mention that now is because he talks about making simple little habits. And if you have something that's got everything written out for you that you can look at or fill in, it'll help you. So that will be available soon. And I will let you know again, thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself, to learn a little bit more. And maybe as you continue to listen to this and other podcasts and read more things about self-improvement and motivation and all the things you need to do to be successful in life as a human being, it'll click. And when it clicks, keep it moving. It has just become part of your permanent way of doing things. And little by little, your behaviors will fall in line. So. As I say, every time, your health, your responsibility, this day and every day. Thanks for joining me. Check out the entire Berry Aftercare program at www.berryaftercare.com. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Berry Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.